You can have all the Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio podcast with our new app. Just search your app store, uh, Apple, Android, Kindle. We don't care what you use. Search the app store for Explorations Early Learning. Download the app. Give it a try. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. And so, Heather, I, I got up really early this morning and went for a walk. Um, down the street, oh, there's a neighbor mowing the lawn right now. I hope that's not too loud on the, on the recording. Down the street from me, um, herd of unicorns. I, uh, I didn't know they. I didn't know they worked in herds. I uh, thought they were more individual animals. Uh, apparently, it's uh, it's mating season. They were just talking. They were they were kind of <laughs> no, yeah, and uh, and they were kind of kind of pairing off and and uh, and making plans for later in the day. But um, I had a, I happened to have a lasso with me, and I I, uh, I it took me a couple tries, but I, I got myself a nice unicorn. We did a lot of work getting it back to the yard, but um, I tied it up uh, next to the chicken coop, and uh, me and grandbaby. We're going to go out and take it for a ride later. Well, great. But a word of, of wisdom there is I think unicorns don't like to be tied up. So you might just want to talk to the unicorn and say, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait here. <laughs> hey, 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 Larry, wait here for us. Oh, hey, I'm sorry, Heather. I was, the whole thing was a lie. I was lying to you. No unicorns. Oh, dear. I was hoping you had found a unicorn. <laughs> so should we talk about lying? Yeah, let's talk about lying and why you can love your kids' lies because the early lying is amazing. I find it fascinating. Um, and it, it really gives us a window into brain development. I mean, we're not all brain scientists where we can take an image of the brain and see what's lighting up and see what's connecting. But when we're listening to our kids begin to learn to lie, and every human learns to lie, it's part of brain development, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's a wonderful part of brain development, um, but, you know, you do want some limits on lying, um, but here's why it's so fascinating, is that lying is extremely complicated. It's not an easy thing to lie, and so it, it's an, a window into the sophistication of the child's brain and how things are, how things are connecting. So here's some examples of early lies that I just think are amazing. Um, one of my kids was um, having difficulty developing the impulse control when his brother had a huge stack of uh, chocolate, different candy in a little bag in his room. And so when I went in, it was very, you know, that deathly quiet, and you think, oh, it's too quiet. <laughs> yeah. So I heard one of those great silences in the house, and I, I went into my child's bedroom, and there he is sitting on the floor. Chocolate is smeared all around the face, of course. And, um, and there's wrappers on the floor. And he says, oh, hi, Mommy. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm doing nothing. I'm not eating my brother's candy or anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is marvelous because, it, I mean, the early lies, they're not, it's complicated to do it. And so you're seeing, okay, here's a new stage of brain development. They're trying to please you as the adult. They're trying to appear. They know it's not 
they've learned the morals that it's not right to have taken the brother's candy. I mean, uh-huh. this is signs of moral development. I know it's a lie, but it's it's signs that they're getting the hang of life and that they're trying to um, do what's right and please people. They're also trying to please themselves. Oh yeah. <laughs> but so so I'm not I'm not eating my brother's candy or anything. Now, this kind of of lie um, lets you know that they're about to be embarking on the next stage of brain development, which is the more sophisticated lie, where they won't have the chocolate on the face. They might have picked up 80% of the wrappers before telling you the same information. Mm -hmm. It does get more and more developed. But I think one thing that we do is we pounce on the, don't lie to me. And um, the kids get the message that, uh, they get the message that it, the worst thing is is to displease you. They're not. They will lie just to stay in your good graces because uh-huh. they're valuing the relationship. And I think we need to remember that. Um, and and not to be too harsh with the. <laughs> I know you're lying. <laughs> when they're very young, because the main thing is to change the behavior, um, and to let you know that you want them to tell you the truth that it pleases you. They're always trying to please you because you're such an important person in their lives. So let them know it pleases you to tell you exactly what happened, even if it's something that, you know, I spilled the paint. They're going to know you don't like the spill, so they're going to lie in order to please. So try to reinforce that what pleases you is to know what happened Uh so you can help. This is... This is hard for people. This is really hard for people because most of us didn't grow up with anybody that being that insightful and reflective. I I, I don't think none. I, I didn't. None of the kids I grew up did. I mean, Heather probably did. Um, what? So you walk in and you find the kid's face smeared with chocolate and they're obviously lying to you when, when they tell you I didn't eat my brother's chocolate. What's the, what's the mindful, thoughtful, reflective response to this? Yay, you lied to me? Your brain is developing? Um, <laughs> no, that's a quiet little celebration <laughs> that you can have yeah, in your own. <laughs> my child's brain is getting sophisticated. This is wonderful. But, of course, you have a different response when you're talking to the child. Um, so here's another example. Um, a, a child of mine, you know how they talk about catching someone red-handed? Uh-huh. Well, I actually caught him white-handed because he'd gotten into his father's jar of paint. It was sitting out very in a tempting location, and he wanted to paint because painting is cool, but it was you know, paint for the house. It's not the kind of paint you wanted him to get into. Uh-huh. So he came out of, of the workshop with his hands white. <laughs> so I caught him <laughs> white-handed. <laughs> and it's when you when they're at this very early stage of lying, this is a, an appropriate kind of response. So you catch them white-handed. And I didn't say something. My first instinct is, did you get into Dad's paint? You know, did you? Mm-hmm. Or, and, and then they'll say no because they can tell from the tone of voice or even knowing that they shouldn't have in the first place, although they wanted to try it out, that they shouldn't have. So they'd say no in order to please you. Mm-hmm. So don't catch them in what I call the lie trap. That's a trap. You're setting them up to lie to you again. <laughs> did you get into the paint? Well, obviously they did. It's dripping off their fingernails. Yeah. <laughs> so don't catch them. Don't set them up to walk into a lie trap. 
swallow that down, take a breath. And I said to him, show me where you got the paint. I didn't want to, did you get the paint? Well, of course he did. Yeah. Show me, show me where it came from. And then um, he already was then starting to deny, because he knew he shouldn't have gotten into it, say, um, oh, I didn't get into any paint. Well, just sh- show me where it came from. And, and just have this calm, not a, uh-huh. not that angry kind of I'm mad at you voice, but, and and they'll take you eventually to the spot, even if they deny that they were ever near it. Yeah. <laughs> just show me where it came from. Um, show me where you got that candy. Show me where it came from. Um, show me the place where you took the money out of the piggy bank. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, if a kid's um, stealing money from somebody in the family, it could be from any of the members of the family. So just... Um, show me the place or take it back to the place you got it from. And you can hear where the footsteps go. Yeah, exactly. Was it your wallet or was it it sister's piggy bank? Uh So um, take them, have them get out of that lie trap situation and have them get you back to the scene and say, oh, I see you were were interested in, in dad's paint. And engage that conversation, and they'll say, oh, yeah, I was, I was sitting here, and I love to paint, and uh, I saw Dad painting, and I wanted to paint, whatever. They'll start talking to you when they realize you're not going to blow up at them. Nobody likes to be yelled at. Uh-huh. So then you have an opportunity when you've engaged them a little bit to say, well, this paint is not the kind of paint that's safe for kids. So I'm going to put the lid on it, and we're going to wash your hands in a special way because that's the only way we're going to get this paint off. Uh And if you're interested in painting, here's where we can paint. Or I'm going to make sure that you know you can't go in the workshop. I know that he left the door open this time. That doesn't mean you can go in. You're wanting to change the behavior, and you're wanting to make sure that they learn that telling you the truth pleases you. Those are the main messages to get across. Yeah, yeah, and and, and it's... It's challenging to do, and in the long run, it's a lot more effective than creating this adversarial relationship with the child in these situations. And I, I, I see it happen a lot. We, we create moments where we're going to battle with them, and it's about catching them in lies and, and asking for, for responses to questions that we already know the answer to and, and, and just blowing these things, blowing these things up, these, these molehills into mountains. And it just it, it burns time and energy and kind of singes the relationship a little bit as well. Yeah. I mean, when you're in this situation, of course, it's very hard to, you want to just pounce on them. Yeah. But think, take those breaths, don't say anything right away, and think, I'm developing a lifelong relationship with my child. That's the goal. Uh And so what can you do in this moment to further that lifelong relationship? You want to have a relationship that's full of trust. You want to have a kid who, on the whole, doesn't lie to you so that you can trust them. And when I say on the whole, we all make little lies that they call white lies in order to stop hurting people's feelings. And is that the worst thing in the world? I'm sure there's huge debates about it. But in general, that's something that binds people together in a good pro-social way is to take care of each other's feelings. And sometimes white lies even backfire. But they're it's not an evil thing and you know promoting kindness in the world is is huge and sometimes um i mean read any children's book an adventure story the kids will lie to protect a friendship they'll uh-huh. lie to protect the secret code from the evil dude you know they'll there are many examples in movies and books where lies can 
protect and be kind. And kids are exposed to these ideas all the time and not telling on somebody. Uh Um, So a lie maybe isn't the worst thing in the world. And and, and in fact, maybe a social skill. It may be a social skill. Um, But I think kindness, which we can demonstrate to the child when we're catching them in a lie, is so important in how how we relate to each other. So you want to stop the behavior and you want to um, um, let them know that the telling the truth really is something that pleases you so greatly. I remember when I was a kid, I was beyond preschool at this stage, maybe upper elementary, and I was home, and I was probably, um, I was trying to help out, and I was putting the dishes away, and I broke some ceramic bowl or glass bowl, shattered all over the kitchen, little shards everywhere. Of course, I was mortified that I'd broken it. I'd made a mistake, which is another topic of kids don't like to make mistakes. Usually adults don't either. I'd made a mistake. There was no way of fixing it. It wasn't broken in two pieces. It was uh-huh. a goner. And um, and so I, but it was really hard for me to tell my mother that I'd broken this. So what I did was instead of telling her with words, I swept it into the dustbin and left all the pieces in the dustbin. It just left the dustbin out. <laughs> when she walked in, she would see the shattered bits, and uh-huh. she would know without me having to tell her. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was a hard thing to do. It's hard to own up that we've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's really hard the younger you are. And to get into that, we want to teach them the practice, the very good practice of saying, oops, I made a mistake. I wish I hadn't done this. And to go with those, to, to just acknowledge that these emotions are big and it's hard to own up to making a mistake. And the way we treat that is more important than the mistake itself, the way that we, we react to the mistake. So that's often why kids will lie, because they don't want to make a mistake. They don't want to displease us. Uh-huh. And the more often we can open ourselves up and say, yeah, you made a mistake. I make mistakes, too. I bet you wish you hadn't done this. But... You know, what can we do to make it better? I'll help you clean it up, or this is how you clean it up, or this is what you do. I'm so glad you told me. Just emphasize, I'm so glad you told me. I know it's hard to tell somebody when you when you goofed up like this. How do we, Heather, how do we role model for our children a good relationship with the truth? Well, it ha- I mean, hopefully it happens in our daily living. But, you know, <laughs> we all aren't complete angels. So if, if, you, if you mess up um, and it's appropriate to share with your kids, you can explain how you had made a mistake or you hadn't done something right. Uh, they, they love to know about your foible. Yeah. So if it's one that's appropriate to share with a kid, go ahead or share something that you did as a kid that wasn't quite right. They love to hear those stories. Uh, I hadn't thought. I, I was about nine. And I spent the, the summer with my grandparents on their farm in North Dakota. I haven't thought about this for years. Um, and one old church lady that my grandma knew, I mean, my, I, I mean, I was nine. My grandparents were ancient, I thought, and this lady was ancienter. Um, anyway, she'd made something for something we went to, some dessert. And it had, I, I don't know if she didn't, if she replaced sugar with salt something wasn't right and it wasn't good and and grandma told me you know you know 
tell her tell her don't it's not good you to tell her tell her tell her thank you and it was good um to protect the i mean wanted didn't want the lady to feel bad and and this kind of thing and and i remember having this conversation with her on the on the drive back to the farm that you know sometimes a, a little lie like that to save somebody's feelings um was probably a good thing and and just and her her being willing to have that conversation with me is I, I don't know. It makes me miss my grandma. Yeah, and it stuck with you all your life. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, age nine is going to be a different age to be able to cope with that information than, than a, you know, a three-year-old, yeah. for example. But some kids are very perceptive about feelings and other people, uh-huh. and they may really pick up on that on their own. And if so, and you see they're starting to do white lies to protect people's feelings, um, they may be go, go overboard with it at first because they're learning how to cope with that social skill. But say to yourself, this child is is developing a, a keen sensitivity towards others, and this yeah. is going to be a good trait that follows them in their life. Yeah, yeah. And you know? I, I, I think we, we sometimes forget how complicated people and relationships are. For us as adults, it's exhausting sometimes and then to expect three and four and five-year-olds to get it right all the time is when it's something that we as adults can't even do it's it's a we we turn the pressure up on them pretty high sometimes our expectations for them are a lot higher than than we have for politicians and ourselves um and and so part part of what we can do to make it a little bit easier i think is just to like i've said other times is is turn down that flame under it turn down the turn down the heat under under those issues and and just kind of deal with them as they come right and and emphasize as much as possible that um i'm so glad you told me or it's hard to it's hard to tell somebody isn't it yeah you know and and to let them know that that is telling somebody when you've made a mistake um is one of the bravest things you can do just talk about courage and bravery because it is hard and it's it, a, a lot of adults can't do it at all and i think part of the reason a lot of adults can't do it is they were never given a safe space to practice it yeah. or had an adult who was willing to be like your grandma sort of open about this stuff and say gosh that was hard and you're so brave for telling me i i um thank you so much i love to hear it and and it's hard to do but the more you do the um, easier it will practice. Yeah, yeah, and it and and it just I had this happen the other day. I, I was supposed to do something for for an agency I'm working with, and I I, I had something on my calendar wrong, and I I missed a, a, a thing. Not a, not a big thing. There's a handful of people affected, and and the person I was working with, she, she was she was like, well, I'll tell them so and so, and I said, no, you don't you don't need to do that. She was going to create a white lie to protect Jeff. I said, you don't you don't need you don't need to do that. Just tell them Jeff doesn't know how to calendar very. Well, obviously, and he had it. He had it uh, a week off on his calendar, and and then we'll go from there because, because uh, you know, I want to own that, and I it, it sometimes it's just it's, sometimes the truth is the easier thing, and and sometimes it's not. Right. <laughs> sometimes it's and not. sometimes it's not. Uh, as we're, we're coming up on our on our on our time, Heather, I got one thing to tell you before before we wrap up. That's not a lie. I was uh, hanging out with somebody in in Florida last week who uh, said this podcast saved her child's life. Wow! Wow, I, that's great. I, I, Josie, 
I, I know you're listening. Hey, Josie, um, uh, and we're glad you're listening. Uh, Josie explained, I can't even remember which episode it was, but she was going through a thing with her daughter, and, and she listened to the episode we did related to that thing, and it made her pause and reflect and change her practice because she was wanting to strangle her little girl over this thing. Um, I don't believe Josie would have really done that. Uh, I, I think there might have been a little bit of exaggeration, uh, but I'm, I'm glad people are tuning in and getting good stuff from the yeah. show. And I think that everybody who's listening, that this uh, this is for you. In that, thank you because you're you're willing to open your minds to something that might be a completely opposite way of thinking. Absolutely, and that in itself takes a lot of courage. So thank you for being open to these new ideas. And even if they don't all strike you immediately, maybe if you're having a really hard time with this concept of lies and how to react to them, for example, then just give yourself a break and, and be these ideas will sort of percolate around and you might have a different reaction to them later on. Absolutely. So you never know. But thank you for having open minds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we appreciate it. We appreciate you tuning in. And we will be back soon with another episode. Um, and that's not, that's not a lie. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh. Hey, you want to support all the Upstairs Studio podcasts? It's as simple as this. Use our Amazon link when you shop Amazon. We get a small percentage of what you spend. You don't pay any extra. You get your stuff from Amazon. Everybody wins. Where do you find the link? Well, it's on the Explorations Early Learning app. You can find it on the Explorations Early Learning website. If you don't find it in those places, just get a hold of Jeff on Facebook or via email, and he'll hand-deliver it to your inbox. Thanks for your support. Bye-bye.